0: Welcome in everyone to our GSP Ace of the Day presented by DraftKings. We've got events everywhere going on right now in the tennis world. We've got the ATP event in Hamburg, the WTA in Strasbourg. Of course, we've got two challenger events as well as multiple ITF events going on simultaneously, all in the buildup for the year's third Grand Slam, the 2020 French Open slated to begin this upcoming Sunday. It's crazy to think, given that we're less than 10 days removed from from the U.S. Open, but nevertheless, we all knew it was going to be a jam-packed, condensed, crazy uh, end to this 2020 season. We're all just happy to get to be able to see our favorite players back on court competing against one another, being able to get in on all of the action given just how many matches there are going on across the globe right now. Of course, if you aren't already getting in on the action with our friends at DraftKings, not taking advantage of their limited time offer for you Cracked Rackets listeners, here's how you can. You're going to go to DraftKings.com. You're going to make your sportsbook account and make a deposit. From there, DraftKings will match your first deposit at 20% up to $500. Once you make your first bet, they will also match that with a risk-free first bet up to $500. Just go to dkng.co slash cracked open to play. That's dkng.co slash cracked open. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, Crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania one 800 with it in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, or one 800 4700 in Colorado. You must be 21 years or older and in a participating state to take advantage of this offer. Deposit bonus is in DK dollars, which have no cash value and must be used on DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for more details. And of course, I would like to apologize to you listeners. We went five and a half months without tennis, my pledge. To you, We were going to have a podcast every day. There were matches throughout the duration of this 2020 season, however long it may end up being. Uh, We weren't able to do that here at Crack Rackets. We happened to be hosting our own event, our third Crack Rackets tournament of the year. It was so fun to be back in that environment. A huge shout out to our friends at Butler at the ITA for allowing us to host the event there, our friends at UTR as well. It was just so great to be back in that tennis environment, to be consumed by tennis all day long. I got to go out on court, do some line, uh, some chair umpiring, you know, a couple of fun disputes, just a fun quick story for all of you because of course I was making lines in my head. Am I going to have to make over under one and a half over rules per match? I'm on court. Thankfully, we hit the under in the majority of our matches, but at one point there was a scoring dispute. The player who ended up winning our women's singles, she was up 5-3, 30-15. Her opponent thought it was 15-all. I went to her opponent. I said, let's go through the points because I didn't want to just impose my way. Well, I knew it was thirty fifteen, but I wanted her to solve it for herself, and, I, and we said, you know, what's the first point of this game? She said, my opponent hit an overhead, and as she said it, you could just see, the not the life drain out of her face, but you could just see her be like, oh, crap, I was wrong about this one, and so for me, it was just, you know, to be in that environment, that sort of moment, or a player challenged a call, and I said, you know, it's a hard court, but the mark on this one's actually really clear, and I showed it to him, and he goes, oh, yeah, that's definitely the mark, that's my bet, and I was like, no, it's fine, trust me, your opponent. Has given you at least twelve double faults that he could have called that he hasn't. Uh, nevertheless, the point is it's very exciting for me to get back in on the ATP WTA action. Wasn't able to take advantage of my guy Casperud's run to the semifinals. I would like to say we saw that coming here on our GSP Ace of the Day. We kept backing him, kept uh, making money off of backing him. So big win for us here. Uh, of course, Dennis Shapovalov, Diego Schwartzman, all going on big runs for the men, for the women. We we said coming into this, Simona Halep was a player to watch. Now, Karolina Pliskova was not, and that's definitely a data point to put in the back of our mind as we head towards this French Open. She ends up making the finals, and of course in the semifinals, Garbine Muguruza continuing to show when she's healthy when she's on court here in 2020. She's a tough a foe, a tough and out as any player uh, throughout this season. She looked outstanding in making the semifinals. Marquetta re reestablishing herself as a top 10 player on the clay as well with her reaching the semifinals. These are all, again, things to know as we look towards our futures bets we want to make for the French Open. And rest assured, I will drag Max Rothman onto this show at some point before the uh, French Open begins to make our selections. And I do want to say no picks this weekend, but we did make a little bit of money here on this GSP Ace of the Day. We said last Tuesday, I believe, our futures bets we placed about Three units total, maybe four units total on the men's side. We said take Nadal or Djokovic. It was going to be one of those two players. It ended up being Novak Djokovic taking the title over Diego Schwartzman. We got two to one odds on him. We put $12 to make 24 now. We did bet 20 bucks on Rafa to win the event, but we still made, you know, 0. 0.4 units, which anytime you're in the positive, that's a win. But we knew we wanted to take the big shot on the women's side, and we were feeling confident in Simona Halep at 3-1. to We put two units on that. Now, we also sprinkled a unit across a couple of other names just to hedge our bets a little bit to find good value across the board. But in the end, Simona Halep, $20 to win 60. You subtract the three units uh, we wagered on other players. We're up 3 3.4 units on our two futures bets for Rome. So again, we're finding out little things, and I think there are values. I tweeted out my tiers right now, uh, as well as the current DraftKings futures odds on Twitter of where I'm at. I think for the men right now in terms of futures bets, there's probably three uh, smart bets to make, I guess we'll say. You should bet on Djokovic, you should bet on uh, Nadal, or you should bet on Team. In fact, maybe you want to sprinkle a little bit of on all three. Again, the margins aren't going to be huge, but you can and still come out on top. And then for the women right now, I have it down to about five names in my top two tiers. Now, if you expand that out to top, tier three that gets to about 13, 14 names, and that's where things get tricky, although, again, given the odds, you can still find value spread out across a couple of names, but, you know, right now for the men, you know, I mentioned uh, Djokovic, excuse me, team, and Nadal, that was a Freudian slip, but um, I don't know if it was Freudian, anyways, Djokovic, team, Nadal for the men, for the women right now, Halep's the only tier one player the way Djokovic, Nadal are, I think she's just absolutely the player to beat right now on the women's side, in Terms of on the men's uh in terms of tier two, I'd probably go with four other names to round out the top five. I think Muguruza, ten to one right now, that's a really good bet. Azarenka eleven to one. Pliskova after her performance, you just have to think she's gonna be a top seed. Seven to one is interesting. And then even though we haven't seen her on clay, even though she lost last year early to Sophia Kennan. Serena Williams is still Serena Williams, so plus 1,200. Again, you sprinkle a little bit on those four. Maybe pick two of your favorites of those four, and then a little bit on Halep as well. If any of them hit, you end up coming out on top, even if you just sprinkle one unit across the board. Maybe a little bit more, maybe you sprinkle again. Your, most, uh, your highest amount of units, much like we did for Rome. Maybe you put two units on Halep, which covers everything else you want to do. And if Halep wins, you don't get the biggest return, but you do get some return for the men. Nadal right now, plus 100, that does feel like some value. Djokovic, plus 275. Dominic team 250. Again, you sprinkle a little bit on any of them, depending on how confident you are. Not the biggest margins, but you can do a lot of hedging, a lot of wagering during the tournament as well to expand those margins. Going into the final, you can place a bet... You know, against him. If you have, let's say, you have both Djokovic and Nadal going into the final. Guess what? You're winning no matter what. If you have one of, the, you know, both of them on futures, if one of them wins, that futures hits. You can hedge the other way out by betting on the other player live during the final. A lot of fun things you can do. Futures. You know, there's a lot of ways you can protect yourself. So, just a preliminary look at that here on GSP Ace of the Day. And again, we will talk more about those futures as the French Open gets closer and closer. Especially once those draws come out, then those futures odds kind of. Lie lock in at the beginning of the tournament and once you know the road to the finals you know which side is Dominic team going to be on is he going to be on Rafa's side of the draws he going to be on Djokovic's that's a huge factor in determining the odds for these players and that's something we will all be monitoring now uh, you know again that's the future's odds right now with that in mind let's talk a little bit about some of the matches we are going to see today here and give our picks for GSP ace of the day let's start quickly with French Open qualifying picks I'm not going to go through all of them now. There are so many matches to go through. We could spend, you know, a full hour show just talking about French Open qualifying. But if you want to see my picks for the day, be sure to go to our website, crackedrackets.com. You can find all of my selections, all of the picks I was considering, the ones I didn't pull the trigger on, the ones I ended up do do pulling the trigger on, the odds I do like, don't like, the underdogs, etc. You can find all of them as well as my picks for individual matches here for the French Open qualifying on our website, crackedrackets. Dot com. Some of the notable winners I have tomorrow. You know, uh, I have Heon Chung, minus 700. I do think he's a little bit on upset alert, but I like him. I like Mayer, Quietkowski. I like Gao. I like Rodionov, Chechenato over at Golbis. That's a tricky one. Lestian, uh, S- uh, Silva, and Menenez as and Safilian as my favorites. In terms of dogs, I like tomorrow on the men's side. Matthias Borg, Roberto Sid, um, uh, who else am I missing? Max Purcell. All interesting to me. All worth examining. On the women's side, you get the full slate of matches. You know, people like Serenko, Kostyuk, uh, Shufs, Vickmeyer, Ann Lee, Whitney Osigwe. Uh, of course, you've got, I mean, so many names again. Uh, Cochiretto, Elisabetta, of course, Caroline Dalahide, uh, Booz and Rescue, Vera Zavanareva, Zarazua, all in action tomorrow. Again, rather than go through all of those picks, be sure to just find them. You can find those odds on DraftKings. You can find my picks on our website crackedrackets.com. Not going to get in the action on any of that because again, I just haven't seen enough clay court tennis. I spent 8 hours on Monday watching tennis that is obviously a privilege that I'm so grateful to be able to do every day to try and be able to come from a place of informed uh, I suppose, come from a place of information to give these picks. Be informed as I head into them. Actually watch the tennis, of course. It's so easy to look on paper. Oh, you know, tomorrow, Gael Monfils is taken on Yana Hanifman. On paper, you're like, Gael Monfils wins that match 0 no! Well, Yana Hanifman has made semifinal, I believe, of a challenger. He made the final, I believe, of that event in Kitzbühel as well before losing uh, to Miomir kesmenovic And yeah, as I mentioned, challenger in, I believe, Triest No, not Triest, Where was it? In uh, La Quilha. Italy in August is when he made the final there. Of course, you know, he's just played a lot of clay tennis. He's played, I believe, now... Five different. This is his fifth event since the restart. This is only Guillaume Monfils' second event, and obviously last week for him, an early exit. And so, you know, Yannick Hanifman's played a lot of good tennis of late, and I know Guillaume Monfils was playing so well to start 2020, but it's hard to recapture that momentum, particularly when you're playing against a guy who is so match tough, who's going to make you uncomfortable in the ways Hanifman does because I actually watched the tennis, I'm able to tell you all that's a stay away. Don't take, oh, you know, I think right now Yannick Hanifman is actually a favorite. If not, it's like minus 105 Hanifman, minus 120 Monfils. You're never going to find odds that low usually for a number three seed. But believe me, folks, that's a stay away. You know, FAA Sinego, in my opinion, a stay away given how well Lorenzo's played of late. Given how poorly Fabio Fognini's played a late, his match for versus Kohlschreiber, which I believe is also minus 120, Kohlschreiber minus 105, Fognini, that's a stay away. Hatchinov-Stroof, I stay away from medvedev Umbert umbert has been playing really well of late, Medvedev just hasn't played yet on the clay, so that's a stay away for me. You know some of the other ones that are really interesting on the day. Uh, Svitolina I believe taking on uh, Magda Lynette. I like Svitolina but I don't love it. Alize Cornet versus Rabakina. I like the two and over two and a half sets but in terms of a match winner that's a stay away. Shui Zhang versus, uh, uh, versus Burel I believe you know uh, of course for those of you who don't know about the young Burrell, she is I believe a former world junior number one if memory serves me correctly and obviously a player. Uh, while her best results didn't come on clay, she certainly is one to watch Clara Burrell, the young Frenchwoman, a three-set winner over Bondarenko uh, in her first match. And, you know, again, it, it, it's probably uh, a match you lean towards Shui Zhang, but... I kind of like young Clara Burrell in this one. I don't know. I just have a sneaky feeling. But for me, again, that's a stay away. RBA, the odds over Bachelor is a stay away, but we'll get to that match in a second in terms of what I like from it. The deuce minus 345 over Adrian Manoreno. Adrian Manarino, a sneaky bad record in clay court matches in his career. I legitimately thought he would have a way better record than he does, but you look for Adrian Manorino, 74-96, 44% win percentage. I was like, ooh, do I pull Manorino here over the deuce? The answer, absolutely not. Now, there are a ton of fun doubles matches, a ton of fun challenger and ITF level matches. Names like Katie Volinets, Skander Mansouri, Alexander Reichsard, Lorenzo Musetti, Andreas Seppi, Salvatore Caruso, Cam Noria, Arthur Rinderneck, Gianluigi Quinzini. Uh, uh, whom I, uh, uh, what's his first name? It starts with an H. I don't exactly know how to pronounce it, but Rune, uh, who got his first title last week, Arnabaldi, you know, all of those players, a lot of on doubles matches in action as well in terms of some other names I sort of had circle here as interesting you know uh, Rajiv Ram Michael Venus lost a bad match last week in doubles. They're plus 115. That's the pairing that I believe won the Australian Open, folks. Don't sleep on that pairing. Uh, so I like them at plus 115 over the good team of Kulhoff and Mechtich, but still, Ram and Venus plus 115. That feels like value. Now it's not an ace of the day but I do like that. I like Dominic for 195 over Yoshihito Nishioka. I know that's a quick turnaround but I just think on this surface they're both lefties. I think Kopefer, uh, because Nishioka is not going to be able to hurt him. I think that's a really good matchup uh, for Dom Cope. For I. I think Sasha Bublik plus 120 is really interesting over Albert ramos Vinolas. Now, I would never actually put my own money on Sasha Bublik, but, you know, the big server. He's been dangerous. He's lost a lot of matches of late, but he's taken a lot of sets as well. Maybe you take the over two and a half sets in that match. Actually, what is the over two and a half sets in that match in terms of Bublik uh, and who he is taking on? Bublik versus ramos Vinolas. the over-under in terms of sets in that match, Bublik versus... Ramos Vanola's over-under total sets. I can't find it right now. Uh, I apologize for that. I will continue to look for it, but interesting that I can't find that right now. I figured that might be a fun one. Uh, Bublik versus Ramos Vanola's. I will continue to search. Leave that all in West stuff Anyways, uh, it's interesting to note. Yeah, in Hamburg, uh, I should see this match. It should be right here. Donde esta la matcha uh, for the over-under? Maybe they've taken it down. Maybe they knew I was going to talk about it and they don't want to give us all that advantage. Nevertheless, I think that's an interesting one to monitor. Uh, you know, some overs on the day. Hanifman, Monfils, over 21 and a half games. I do think that's going to be a battle. Khachanov, stroof over two and a half sets. Same deal. Two players looking to find their rhythm heading into the French Open. I expect some big serves. I could see that easily being a two tiebreak, three set match uh, where they split the breakers. Uh, but with that in mind, let's get into our picks for Ace of the Day. We're going to keep things on the simpler side. We just Talked about a ton of matches. No parlays today. A first, maybe, in GSP Ace of the Day history. I don't even have any funky parlays for you. That's how unsure I am still of this action. Because, look, if you're a player playing the week before the French Open, I should have said this at the top, but if you're a player playing, you know, outside of playing Roland Garros qualies, if you're a player playing Hamburg, if you're a player playing Strasbourg, it means one of two things. It means, A, you did really well at the U.S. Open and you didn't want to play Rome. You're like, my body needs a break. I can't can't go to Rome and play these matches. Victoria Azarenka was the exception. She's not the rule. And so, you know, when you see a Daniil Medvedev in the draw this week, when you see an Arena – well, Arena Sevilenka is a bad example. But when you see, uh, you know, players like that trying to get more matches in just to get their legs under them, a Gaël Monfils and all of these different uh, players we see in the uh, Roberto Bautista Agut, that's a little concerning because it means they haven't found their rhythm yet heading into the French Open. And it means we don't know what to expect from them in terms of a level. So that leads to a lot of stayaways, right? I'm still not exactly sure of the action, what we're going to see. Now, you know, the counter to that, guys like Jana Konofman, guys like Dom Kopfer have played a ton of tennis of late. Oh, here it is. Bublik Ramos-Vanolas, plus 120, minus 150. Can I find it now in terms of the total sets? Come on, I found you. I found you. No, they must not be letting anyone. People must just be pounding that over two and a half sets in that match, and so they're afraid of it. Very, very Interesting DraftKings. I've taking note of that fact, but uh, anyways, yeah. If you're playing this week, you're a Sasha Bublik, or you're a Taylor Fritz, or you're a Christian Guerin, or you know, you're one of these guys who isn't a hundred or gals who isn't a hundred percent confident in your own level. And so, all of these picks, people I expect to do well at the French Open, people I expect to bounce back this week, find their level as we head into Paris. So, I have three picks for you, all single match picks. Let's start with the one. Match that we're picking a winner in Christian Guerin minus one twenty four over K Nishikori, uh, who's at plus one hundred. Look. Christian Guerin won two clay titles to start the 2020 season. It's the surface he's unequivocally been best on in his ATP career. And look, for Christian Guerin, it hasn't been the best stretch uh, here in the start of his 2020 uh, restarted season. Now, in Cincy, he lost a three-set uh, match to uh, Alias Badene. He won the second set, 7-6, just had no legs left in that third, was bageled. The U.S. Open goes down two sets to love in both of his matches. Flips the script and ends up beating Ulysses Blanche. Loses to Mikhail Kukushkin 7-5 in the third. First round in Rome. Really tough draw. Born a church. He loses that match 4-4. Gets off to just a terrible start in both sets. Uh, But did raise his level. Did bounce back. And just simply put... If Christian Guerin's going to do what I expect him to do in this French Open, he needs to beat Akei Nishikori, who, yes, did get his first win last week in Rome when he knocked off, you know, a pretty good win in Albert ramos Vinolas. That was a match that got physical. Had ramos Vinolas won that second, I said this last week, I do think he would have won the third. Uh, but, you know, Nishikori able to get that win. Now, following that, he did drop his match to Lorenzo Musetti, and the week before, he lost a three-set affair to Miomir Kecmanovic, you know, with that context, I just think Christian Guerin hasn't played well yet in 2020 restart, and I think he's going to need to start to, and I think now's the time. He's had a week to train on the clay, re-acclimate himself to the surface. It's the surface he's always going to be more com- most comfortable on, the way he moves his forehand around the court, the way he's comfortable sliding into his shots, the way he uses his serve to set everything up, and I just think the way he's going to be able to stretch Nishikori Minus 124 odds. Feels pretty good in this match. Give me Christian Guerin. Again, we're keeping the bets small this week. Half a unit on Christian Guerin. We're going to go 5 bucks to win 405. That's ace of the day number one. Ace of the day number two, Jill Teichman taking on Anastasia Pavelchenkova. That's going to be a good battle, and I do think Teichman's going to win the match, but Rather than take her at minus 139, let's get a little bit more value. I think this is going to be a battle. Pavelchenkova, quarterfinalist, back-to-back years at the Australian Open, which isn't clay, uh, but you look for her in terms of what she's done in her career on the surface. Pavelchenkova, you know, 84-65, and 65, which certainly isn't bad on the dirt. And, you know, she got a really good win today over Ali Van Udvinik. You look for Anastasia Pavelchenkova throughout her career. Now, you know, has she had as much success on the, the uh, clay, as she has on some of the other surfaces in her career, no, probably not. But quarterfinals at the French Open in twenty eleven, I suppose. Take that with a grain of salt. In terms of you know some of the other career stats, she's put up on the dirt, she has made one, uh, I believe, two, I believe, three, I believe finals on clay in her career, and you know, uh, in doubles, made the final on clay in 2013, many moons ago. She's 3-0, by the way, in those finals on clay uh, at the WTA level. In terms of at the ITF level, she's 1-0 in events on clay in singles. I just, I think this is going to be a really good battle. Now, for Jill Teichman, her titles have come on clay. She's 143-68, a 68% win percentage in her career. It's been her best surface, and simply put, if she wants to make a run, you know, third round, fourth round of this French Open, which, depending on on the draw. She's certainly capable of doing. We saw her play so well on those slow, high-bouncing courts uh, in Lexington. Now, maybe she can do that at the French as well. I think Pavlochenkova is playing really good, though. So, I think this really well. Excuse me. Hey, great shot. I think this is going to be a three-set battle, and that's where we find the most value. So, give me Teichman, Pavelchenkova first career head-to-head matchup, both coming off straight set wins. Give me the over two and a half sets in that match, plus 140, half a unit, $5, dollars to win set. That's ace of the day number two. Now, ace of the day number three, I've just got a fun stat for you. Well, I don't know if this is actually a fun stat for you, but just a stat for all of you, I suppose, as we look into this match. Now, Roberto Bautista Agut against Nicolas Vili tomorrow. Minus 625 to win. You're not going to get good odds. You know, it seems like a sure thing. Bachelosvili, you look at what he's done. Let's go back to, uh, I guess we can go back as far, really, to the Vienna Open, uh, where he lost first round to Virginia. Dasko. After that first-round loss to Albot in Paris, did win uh, to a match at the ATP Cup, but then second-round loss. <coughs> excuse me, at the Australian Open. First round loss in Rotterdam. Second round loss in Dubai. First round loss in Cincy. First round loss at the U.S. Open. First round loss in Kitzbühel. Uh, first round loss in Rome. Now, here, he takes on Roberto Bautista Agut. And you look at some of these scores for Bachelors V. A 3-1 loss in Rome. You know, that's a total of 9 plus seven sixteen 16 games. Now, in his next match, 12 plus 9, he hit 21 uh, games in his loss in Kitzbühel in the U.S. Open, you look at the first two sets, that would have been a 17-game performance. It would have been, same deal, 17-game performance in Cincy. He had a, oh, just a beautiful 13-game loss in Dubai. In Rotterdam, it was another uh, 9 plus 8. is 17-game loss. So the point is, when Bachelors Vili loses, he loses badly. And I think he's going to lose badly against Roberto Bautista Agut tomorrow, who obviously, very proficient on the clay able to move the ball around uh, quite well. Give me RBA Bachelosvili under 19.5 games. I think RBA is going to go to business. I think this is going to be a very a straightforward performance. Give me him minus 106. Well, it's funny because, you know, if Vili for some reason is just clicking that day, he blows RBA off the court. And if, if this match goes three, I'm just in trouble, but I just don't think it will. I think this match is either well, I just think it's going to be an RBA blowout, is simply put. And so under 19 and a half games, that means he has to win better than six four six four. It means it's a break, it's approximately a break in each set. And if he does get one break per set and doesn't get broken, I believe he'll hit six four six three, uh, depending on the order of serve, whatever. So nineteen and a half games, we'll take that at minus one oh six, half a unit five dollars again to win four seventy-five. So here are our straightforward bets. Oh, so actually, one last thing on that RBA Bachelor's Felix you look at in terms of their career head-to-head have they played before is there any uh in terms of you know history for us to rely on for Bachelor's Vili and Bautista Agut they played in Monte Carlo 2017 that was a three-set battle they played in Dubai 2019 Ugh, that was a three-set win for Bachelor's Vili but this is a completely different match it's a completely different time under completely different circumstances I'm sticking with my guns here give me RBA Bachelor's Vili um you know that I just I, that that was concerning. I probably shouldn't have read that, but leave it in Westhoff and let's roll with it. RBA straight sets. It's a different Feely going through a ton of things off the court right now as well. I think RBA rocks and roll through this one. So again, quick recap of the aces of the day: Garen minus one twenty four over Nishikori five to win four oh five. Tikhman Pavlchenkova over two and a half sets plus one forty five to win seven. Then RBA Feely under nineteen and a Half games minus 106, five dollars to win 475. Those are your picks for Ace of the Day to get in on the action. Just go to our friends at DraftKings and go to dkng.co slash cracked open. A shout out as always to our super producers, Max Fleekner and Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job they do day in, day out, making all this possible. Again, if you are looking for any. French Open Preview content, be sure to go to our website, crackrackets.com, like, great, subscribe, review this podcast, the Mini Break Cracked Interviews, and Inside Out Podcast. And know that if you need more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or at Cracked Rackets, I'm at GreatShotPod. Uh, but with that in mind, for our friends at DraftKings, for our super producers, Max Flinger and Daniel Westoff, and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets, and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you know what we say folks hey great shot may the odds be ever in your favor